Dog, do you want to count us in? A three, a two, a three, two, one. No, let's do that again. (laughs) (laughs) All like you could tell me and Steve were really on edge as you did that. (laughs) We're going to clap anyway. (laughs) Three, two, one. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular features are shown. Hi. Welcome to Regular Mm. Features, the only podcast that's exactly the same every week. And like every week, we broadcast direct from my boudoir. My boudoir is filled with only one thing, a bed. A bed full of undulating, oscillating bodies. But only three of them matter. My own, a lumpy monstrosity that stretches from end to end. Steve Hogarty's body. Describe it, Steve, from your side of the bed. Hello, my body's occupying the bood of the boudoir. It's coiled right around the wah. <laughs> and it's ready to read some features. And if I'm not mistaken, the wah is warmed by John Logblind. Mmm. <laughs> My torso points northeast to southwest. My limbs point perfectly northeast, south, and west. <laughs> to the, oh, the, the, and then what? dotted lines shoot out the end of them and meet on the other side of the globe, where there is buried hidden treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to the boudoir, the home of the greatest treasure hunt known to man. <laughs> Allez, <laughs> the prize, £2,000. The deadline, March 17th. Inflate Gentlemen. your balloons. <laughs> <laughs> On the way to the greatest treasure that mankind has ever lost in a big sea, we'll be recounting you with tales that are, weirdly, without any planning, all origin stories for in-jokes that were set up at the very least a year ago, if not much, much longer. For myself... It's a self-indulgent special. It is a self-indulgent special. Mm. And I will be telling you uh, a sort of safety protocol set of things uh, to keep you safe while you podcast. Steve, what have you got? I saw a big horse trying to sell mortgages, and I thought, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like you say to a horse. <laughs> nay, that's a, whoa, nay. Look. That's what they say back. <laughs> me, me, however, I'm going to be trying to. Me, how? Is that a cat? <laughs> me, how? <laughs> that's, um, I'm going to be trying to get this podcast the millions of dollars it deserves by creating a Broadway musical based on the hits of Boney M, like I do every week. L-O-Z! <laughs> Did you think that's what I meant when I said Ale? Yep, no, I can't. Earlier. <laughs> Thank you. Let's <laughs> have a fucking feature. Oh, what is your fucking feature? Just give me a fucking feature. Please tell me your fucking feature. Oh, regular features, regular features. Here's one now. Now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's Mortgage Horse. Uh, boys, <laughs> are you aware of the mortgage horse? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone clippity-clopping through my free hole. Is it, is it the horse that um, everyone looks at and cries as it rides past and then they get a mortgage? Yeah, in TV yeah. ads, they're usually yeah. standing in the countryside 
Um, it's thinking about that. Just pick up. <laughs> clip a clap, clip a clap, clip a clap. And they touch the horse on the nose, and the horse just murmurs something about a fixed interest rate. <laughs> yeah. And they go, Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Thank you, mortgage horse. The, ho- the mortgage horse, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, is the black horse from the Lloyd's Bank TV ad. And formerly, the logo no currently the logo but originally the logo he's a black horse he's got banking on his brain and he cannot help but scoot around usually the countryside rural areas he likes to frequent <laughs> barking out mortgages and he'll hear him <laughs> <laughs> eating hay and shitting mortgages <laughs> um i walked i walked past a bus stop uh, on my way to the office and I saw just a big poster uh, of a woman standing next to a horse looking into the horse's eyes like really soulfully and the the the, the advertising slogan is always by your side and it doesn't mention banking doesn't mention savings accounts <laughs> it doesn't it's, mention that that the horse isn't by her side. It's face to face right in, in a really antagonistic post. <laughs> it might just, they might just be selling pet horses because they've bought so many for adverts and they don't know what to do with them all. Yeah, they were hoping that War Horse was going to come back in a big way. So they'll have like a big Lord of the Rings style horse on horse battle. A big problem of the pandemic. Everyone, everyone moved into their tiny houses and couldn't leave. And they were like, you know what we need in this place? A horse. And there's loads of horses around now. Well, that got me to thinking, <laughs> what would life be like if there was a whole, always, a, always a horse by your side? <laughs> so I wrote a little script. Get your scripts out. Shuffle, this shuffle. is what it's going to be like. I am the narrator. Joe, mm-hmm. guess what? You're Joe. Okay. Log, you're the horse. Do you have any direction on how the horse should be speaking? Oh, yeah. I sort of... Authoritative? I, I did have a Zim voice in my head as I was as I started writing it in one way. And then as I wrote it more and more, I just imagined you saying it in like a... Not sort of like a Zim... Okay. Zim style But less way. coughing. Just more... Less, like, less coughing. Just sort, yeah. Like a... Do you want... Do you want to worry about me new mortgage products? Maybe a bit less Zim, but sort of just like a... Rude. Zim is binary, my friend. He's either on or off. <laughs> just a touch of Zim. A dry Zim. Um, the, mo- the, the dry horse is- Zim. Sorry, that just... Uh, that hit late. <laughs> uh, the horse is friendly, if a bit pushy. Uh, but he's not sinister. He's just overbearing and annoying to be around because he keeps okay. talking about mortgage products. I, I can manage that. <laughs> okay. Joe's eyelids slide open like a couple of wet train doors. It is dark in the bedroom, so it must still be early. Close your eyes. Back to sleep. Don't wake up. Don't check the time. It must be early. Joe rolls his head to the left and taps once on the screen of his Google Nest home hub. The digital (laughs) clock illuminates ever so dimly. 2.15 a.m., it says. You have been asleep for three hours. In four hours and 45 minutes, your alarm will go off, and it will be time for Joe to get ready for work. Don't think, no thoughts. 
Back to sleep, just resume sleeping. Do you want to hear about my new mortgage products? Says the mortgage horse from the mortgage ads. Oh, just want to go back to sleep. Oh, okay then. Yeah, me too, actually. Got a busy day tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never guess what I'm doing. I don't want to guess, mortgage horse. I just want to sleep. Ah, I'm actually running through a maternity ward and then through a primary school. Then a wedding. Then a first-time buyer's first-time house that they bought. And then a retirement home with balloons and that. For a birthday party. And then a crowd of sad-looking people standing next to two coffins. But get this. It's all in slow motion, right? So you know that it's a, a metaphor for life, yeah? I think that's dead clever, actually. Mortgage horse, please. I need to get some rest. I have a very important meeting tomorrow. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. God, shut up, Joe. I'm trying to sleep. Silly prick. (laughs) We cut to 7am. Joe's alarm rings. The mortgage horse is already awake and standing next to the bed. Joe shuffles past the mortgage horse and into the ensuite to brush his teeth. The mortgage horse gallops around the bedroom for a while, singing a little song he made up about a mortgage, before inserting his big mortgage horse head and neck into the ensuite doorway. Morning, sleepyhead. Good morning, mortgage horse. I was just thinking, right, and this would be perfect for you, actually. Do you want to open a lifetime ISA? ISA, ISA, whatever you Like, do you want to open one today? I could do it for you right now. It's one of my mortgage horse powers. I just need you to hold up a recent utility bill in front of me face, and I'll blink, and it's like doing a screenshot on an iPhone. <laughs> my old body will vibrate, and you will have a lifetime ISA before you step foot out of this ensuite. You'll be on your way to home ownership in the time it takes me to break from a trot into a canter. And that's backed up by the Financial Conduct Authority, so you know there's no messing about. That's 75,000 euros nailed on. Come hell or high water, I could not steal that if I tried. I'm actually all right, mortgage horse. You know, you don't have to hang around here by my side if you don't want to. You can you can go and live with other horses. Nope, don't trust them. Do you know, I once saw a horse bite another horse on the shin so hard, his legs snapped in half like a hairy Mr. Freeze with a hoof on the end. That was when I knew I'd had enough of horses. I thought, you know what? I want to become a symbol of reliability and security for one of the big four clearing banks. A symbol that will one day be taken too literally by a very large and obvious branding agency so that I'm running around giving out mortgages by batting my big horse eyelashes. I'm sorry, mortgage horse, I really must get going because I I am late for my meeting. Cool, I'll come with you. We cut to Joe driving his Nissan Leaf on his way to his important job as chief engineer for EDF Energy. In the passenger seat, and with the seatbelt wrapped haphazardly around his flanks, is the mortgage horse, who was using the rearview mirror to apply bright pink lipstick. I look quite pretty. Joe arrives at the office holding a long brown poster tube, and makes his way into the lobby. The mortgage horse follows shortly behind him, having taken a little while to disentangle himself from the seatbelt. His hasty hoofs clap merrily on the marble flooring and the pair shuffle inside a cramped vintage elevator. Joe pushes the button that will take him to the building's boardroom. Oh, now this is very corporate. You know, this elevator reminds me of our corporate banking products. I'm mainly focused on personal banking, as you know, but there's another horse that does hedge strategies. 
I think he's a white horse. It's not a race thing. At least, at least I hope it's not. Oh, God. I don't think it's a race thing, do you? The elevator pings, and Joe defiantly strides into the boardroom full of shareholders. Behind each one of them is a different mortgage horse, all trying to sell their owners a mortgage. You can overpay. It's a stable rent. No, knows after that? Joe opens his brown cardboard tube and unfurls his grand design, his solution to the mortgage horse hell that has befallen humanity. It is a large schematic of a wind turbine. <laughs> Gentlemen, every great magic trick consists of three parts. The first part is called the pledge. You show a horse something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, a wind turbine. You ask them to smell it, to see if it is indeed real, unaltered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. You take the wind turbine and you make it do something extraordinary. You make it resemble a thin white lady horse on the horizon giving a big theatrical wave to the horse, as if to say, come over here, horse. I won't club you to death with my horse arms. Now the horses are looking for the secret, but they won't find it because of course they're not really looking. They don't really want to know. They want to be clobbered to death by the high-speed rotor blade tips because enticing a horse to trot into the danger zone isn't enough. You have to allow the horse's natural instinct to sniff to sniff metal to take over. That's why every magic trick has a third act, the hardest part, the part you won't hear about on the BBC. For the first time in 50 years, the mortgage horses fall silent, their attention no longer on selling mortgage products, but on the schematic laid out before them. They are transfixed, jaws wide open, so that even if these were gift horses, you couldn't help but accidentally look inside their mouths. The shareholders breathe a sigh of relief and slowly, one by one, begin to applaud. The nightmare is over. The horses <laughs> are no longer always by our side. <laughs> it's so, only just bigger. <laughs> it's only just bigger. <laughs> I love that. The thing I liked most about that was a little bit of information about how google products work mm. the reference to zim and the callback to uh, an old feature that um and i, and I got <laughs> because I, and, then I'll, and you'll find out why i like those things in particular later <laughs> <laughs> well does your feature also end in a self-indulgent in-joke reference to something we did six years ago <laughs> well yes and I, but i think yours stands up on its own, whereas mine has the added benefit of not doing that. Mm. Actually, look, <laughs> funny you should say that. Same here. <laughs> We've got a theme. It's a theme. Features, regular 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 regular features, regular features, regular features, regular features, regular features, this week I became afraid of my own hands because what were they doing real talk I keep or I kept getting pins and needles and numbness in my little fingers and I started freaking out about it I was like 
I am fucking got MS or my heart's exploded and I'm just running on fumes, which I'm assuming is what happens, uh-huh. or I've got any kind of brain issue. Um, and so I freaked out about it. And then I phoned a doctor and they said, um, how much, wa- immediately, not even ask me any other questions, how much water do you drink? And I said, one to two pints a day. And they said, you're an idiot, <laughs> drink more water. Uh, and it's fixed. I've, I drink three litres of water now and my hands don't tingle anymore. Wow. Oh my fucking God. I've been getting itchy hands at the end of the night and it's probably that, it's isn't it? It's probably that. I don't drink any water. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't... This is a tangent, but I don't notice my body telling me things. I don't notice when I'm full. I don't notice when I'm thirsty. I don't notice... No, I do when you're upside when I down. Need, yeah, I don't notice when I'm upside down. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, I well, yeah, yeah. I, I know when I'm hungry, but never when I'm full. Yeah, body only hungry, never full. Exactly. What's <laughs> well, uh, not a useful feeling to have fullness? Yeah. What I know, I might need that food later, and there might be no food later. <laughs> Shut exactly. up, body. Stupid <laughs> doctor, body. Uh, so yeah, turns out. I'm medically dehydrated, and that's all that was the problem. And I feel much better having had loads of water now. But I told the doctor that I blame it on podcasting because I sit here and I drink delicious whiskey and chat with my mates, and you're not going to be the one with a water sitting on a podcast, like sipping away, slurping. Mm. And And you are uh, the only one whose webcam is covered in your many, many jets of spit that come out of your mouth (laughs) (laughs) like a fucking elden ring thing just spitting (laughs) constantly uh and yeah i told my doctor and then a few days later a man came to my door with a cassette tape and said i had to listen to this he said he was from dr hq so i put in the cassette tape (laughs) and here's what it said Hello and welcome to the official safety briefing for podcasts, radio shows, and little voice notes you leave yourself in the dead of night, in which you whisper things like, Book idea! A boy on the verge of adulthood muddles his way through the high-flying world of real estate. The twist? He's a goblin, and goblin houses are just mushrooms, so it's really difficult. I'm your host, Mark Maron, from the podcast WTF, which stands for Where Is The Fuck? I know it doesn't sound like my normal voice, but that's because I play a character, also called Mark Maron, on the show. To prove it's me, here's some of my trademark blues guitar that I play for ages on every episode, despite you not wanting to listen to that. Squirrely down, gang-gang-gang-gang, down. Has Mark Maron started playing fucking guitar on his show? He's done it for years. Skittle it down. (laughs) Lock the gates! (laughs) That was the theme tune. (laughs) This cassette tape has been delivered to you by a government employee because you told a doctor that you create an audio show when they diagnosed you with a disease or injury of some kind. This tape is full of tips designed to make you not die while you record audio. I will be joined to help you with demonstrations by two of my greatest friends.
Hi, I'm Bradley Manfactory. Uh, and I'm, I'm, Cl- I'm Calamitous Michael. Bradley, Calamitous, thank you for joining me today. Let's have some fun, okay? I cannot wait to show these audio mavens how to make great radio with great care. I've cut myself very badly on the computer mouse. That's the spirit, you guys. Now move on to tip one, which I call shock jock. How not to electrocute any guests appearing on your show. Picture the situation. The whole of Ladysmith Black Mambazo are appearing on your show to talk about car repair. But before you know it, they've all been electrocuted to death when they held hands to sing their timeless hit Homeless. Because band leader Tamsanka Shabalala accidentally touched a live wire sticking out of a stinky old microphone and passed it down like a big current through all nine members. No thank you. Stopping electrocutions in the studio is priority one for audio recordists. Here's how not to do it. I'm Bradley Manfactory, and I'm plugging an XLR cable into this microphone by passing it through my anus, flipping upside down, and letting gravity work its magic until it pops out of my mouth, and I can plug it in with my cherry red lips. Uh, I'm Calamitous Michael, and I'm just going to use this microphone on the show. Calamitous Michael did not check whether the XLR cable was wet from having been used as a kind of internal floss for Bradley and received a severe shock. I can't feel my legs. What? I can't... I can't feel either of my legs. Shut up, Calamitous. We're making a briefing. Here's what our friend should have done. I'm Bradley Manfactory, and I'm plugging an XLR cable into this microphone by shoving it up my cherry red anus, doing a handstand, and letting little lady nature squirm it through me until it pops out of my mouth. And I can plug it in with a single stretch of my upstairs labia. I'm Calamitous Michael, and I put on rubber boots and given the mic a little wipe, avoiding any kind of shock. Mark, I still can't move my legs, so I'm going to sort of shuffle and spin this chair around, if that's okay. Perfection. Thanks a lot, you guys. That leads me to tip two, actually, which I call Desert Island Fistula. Make sure your chairs are nice. Picture the situation. The whole of Ladysmith Black Mambazo are appearing on your show to talk about car repair, but they've only got one chair, and they're a nine-man choir. Before you know it, they've all climbed onto each other's laps, the chair is given way, and band leader Tamsanka Shabalala has been crushed badly flat like the bottom bit of bread in a baritone brioche. It's crucial you have chairs with sturdy legs so they can support the weight of multiple guests. If not, you never know what could happen. Gentlemen? I'm Calamitous Michael, and I'm sitting patiently for a chat about ointments and unctions. I'm Bradley Manfactory, and I'm a rival manufacturer that makes salves and wants to put the ointment business in the ground. There is, as is normal for a podcast, only one chair for the guest, so I'm climbing atop Calamitous Michael. The chair's legs have splayed out like a tired donkey in a cartoon, leaving Calamitous Michael crushed, his bones a thin powder. I also spilled one of my salves into Calamitous Michael's mouth. 
Unfortunately, it was a salve that will make you all green. And he's green out of salve now. I'm green out of salve! You see, he's green out of salve. And his bones are like a thin grey pollen. And all because of a chair and its paper-thin prongs. Look at him. Like a co-op carrier bag of old fish guts rotating on an office chair. What are we to do with you, Calamitous Michael? Oh, that's right. It's the final section of this briefing, tip three. If all else fails... Turn it into a jingle. Picture the situation. The whole of Ladysmith Black Mambazo are appearing on your show to talk about car repair. But enter the studio to see Calamitous Michael draped like an empty wetsuit across a mixing desk. Bandleader Tamsanka Shabalala fearfully ushers them to leave, and you're down a musical guest. You need a jingle, and it needs to be drawn from reality. You look at this boneless green slab, jiggling to see what the commotion is. You think, what could I call this jingle? Jingle. What do you think, Bradley Manfactory? The Wobble Man? The Belly Prince? The Jelly Boy? The Jelly Boy! Take it away, Calamitous Michael! I'm sad that I'm happy. I'm small, but I'm doing fine. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful, yeah! But I'm see-through I'm wet but I'm somehow dry I shake when I wobble Baby What it all comes down to Is that all a jelly boy can do Is jiggle and spin Cause I got no skin or muscle And my bones are made out of gelatin Before we move on, I do want to give you one extra bonus fact. And I swear to God, this is real and not planned. As I was writing repeatedly about Ladysmith Black Mambazo, I got interested in Ladysmith Black Mambazo and I looked up the band leader who died a while back called Joseph Shabalala, who I believe is the father of Tamshanka Shabalala. Joseph Shabalala's Real given name, and I swear to God this is true. And I'm going to get some of these pronunciations wrong, but the the right bit will be right. Was Bekazizwe Joseph Sifatamandla Muxoveni Mshengu Big Boy Shabalala. <laughs> no. His name included as one word Big Boy. <laughs> what? He- he was officially a big boy. I looked, because I looked on, I saw this on Wikipedia. I was like, that's bollocks. Someone's put this here. I don't know how, but someone knows I'm going to write about fucking Ladysmith Blackman Barzo at some point. So I looked. It's in the New York Times obituary for Joseph Shabalala. He was called... His name is Big Boy Shabalala. <laughs> His name was Big Boy Shabalala. That's... Honestly, if, if the big boys ever get a voice... Shabalala will be the only word they ever say. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I lost my mind. I feel like I'm having a stroke. I sent this This to Gav earlier. I sent this earlier to Gav because he... Did we create the universe? I think so. (laughs) I sent this to Gav earlier and he just just sent back, get fucked. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say, that's exactly what he'd say. (laughs) 
I'm you stunned. You can just have that. You can have that as a name. You're just allowed to be called Big Boy. You can just call people whatever you want. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Going to change my last name to that. <laughs> okay, I'm not having any kids. The family have no say in it. <laughs> I mean, John Log Big Boy would immediately give people a good sense of your vibe. Carrying regular features into a single syllable. Do you know what, lads? <laughs> what the problem with this podcast is? <laughs> features are too short? Mm, no, that's <laughs> not the problem. The problem is that we're never going to make millions of pounds unless we write uh, a, a, an award-winning musical based on the musical output of a single band. Mm. Like Abba Dunn with Mamma Mia. Here I go again. Two. And there, she, there she's, she's off again. That's the other one. That's me too. Fucking hell. She's <laughs> coming out, Rod. She's out. There's the, she's she's, she's loop de loops. <laughs> she's she's drunk. Banned. Get she's her banned. out of that dragster. <laughs> we were all fucking drunk in the first one. You can't get in a car afterwards. And then they've done it with some other things as well, haven't they? We will rock you and something else. Elton. I oh. haven't researched this. I refuse to research my features. And I will just lift straight in because I've written one. A full it's a full epic. It's going to last too long, as Steve intimated earlier. And um we are going to just sink right into the world of Boney M. Mm. Hello, I'm Heather Small out of the M people. You might remember me from one night in heaven, but one night, a different night, mine, it was, it was late at the Oasis. And one night later at the Oasis, I fed my camel a coconut, and after midnight it was, and he turned into a hairy skeleton, and he bit me on the face until I died of it. Ever since that night, and I need to be clear, I mean the night at the Oasis when my camel turned into a hairy skeleton after he ate a coconut too late, and he bit me on the face. Not the night in heaven. Ever since that night, I've lived between the worlds of the living and the dead. The living world of the M people, and the undead world of Boney M. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be on that later. from the mad glint in your eyes that you wish to know the dread secrets of Bernie M. Well, I can show you if you just put your lips together and make a thin rasping sound that tickles your lips. What is a rasping sound? It's like that. Come on, do it. On. I can't hear you. Do it. More like it. Our story begins where all stories do, with Steppenwolf, off of the song he was a Steppenwolf, giving an extremely sloppy but also very silent oral sex to Mar Baker, who is off the song Mar Baker. Thanks for the gob job, Steppenwolf. It's been a mad week with my boys. They're just they're so big and mean. My youngest, Adam, seven foot tall, to be honest, is just pointlessly mean. I won't give you examples, because to be honest, Steppenwolf, I'm really enjoying the oral. 
If I told you exactly how mean my boys are, you'd pull your head out my crotch in disbelief. All right, I'll tell you what he did. He pretended to have a heart attack just so he could shit himself in a restaurant. Then he told the waiters his wallet was in his back pocket and they'd have to get it out because his arms weren't working. But there weren't a wallet. And he cut the bottom out of his pocket, so they just got a palm full of what they thought was heart attack shit. I mean, it was just normal shit, really, but they didn't know that. Have you ever heard of anything so mean, Steppenwolf? My God, you really are quiet down there, aren't you? No sound effects at all. There you go, my Irish. <laughs> I love it. There, there you go, my Baker. Speaking of Steppenwolf, I think I'm finished down there. Give her a quick spritz of Dettol and she'll be good for a week. Oh, thanks, chap. And... Remember, if you ever see that Bahama Mama woman... I'm going to say that more clearly. <laughs> Remember, if you ever see that Bahama Mama woman, tell her I'm not in. You mean this Bahama Mama from the song Bahama Mama? Oh, for fuck's sake. This Bahama Mama right here, what you're looking at? It's Bahama Mama, my baker. <laughs> it's Bahama Thank you, Mama, Stephen. my baker. <laughs> It's Bahama Mama, Ma Baker. Thank you, Steppenwolf. Now, Ma Baker, put your earbuds into pairing mode because I've got a message on my phone I want to play you. What? Pop your pop your buds into pairing mode. Here, love. I've, I've never put them into pairing mode. Well, how the hell did you pair them with your bloody phone then? They're in pairing mode when you buy them. If you say so. Can't you just play it out loud? I would, but... Let's give it a go my way first. What brand are your earbuds? The new Pixel Buds. Oh, I don't know anything about them. Maybe I should just play the message out loud on my phone. Oh, wait, I had the old Pixel Buds, the expensive ones. For fuck's sake. There's a button on the case for pairing. Oh, try that. Press the button on the case. I haven't got my case on me. Well, who the fuck goes out with their earbuds and not in the case? Do you just keep them loose in your pocket? No. I, I keep them in my ears. I don't need to take them out. They got passed through. I can hear you both perfectly. Oh, so you're not listening to anything? No. Oh, my God. Do you think I was listening to a podcast while you were eating me out? You had your earbuds in. That's why I was being so quiet. I didn't want to interrupt you. That's so weirdly considerate. I can't decide if I love it or hate it. Christ almighty. I didn't mean to start troubling fucking paradise. Look, I'll just play the message out loud. Just let me find it on my phone. I've never had anyone ask to pair their phones to my earbuds before. Oh, my God, you started eating me out again. <laughs> I got bored. Seriously, how do you do it that quietly? Here it is. Here it is. I've got it. I'm Daddy Cool, another one of Boney M's songs about a person. And I live in a nice house by the rivers of Babylon. And Mary from the Bible came round and started popping out boy childs. And now I've got little boy children all in my pelmets. And the house is lousy with Mary's boy children. I need y'all to come round with baby grenades before they start fucking in the crawl space. Help me, Bahama Mama. You're my only hope. What did you... That message had nothing to do with me. Yeah, I just wanted to say, where's your voice message from Daddy Cool? Oh, you don't have one because you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my God, I've given myself so many voices. Hello, it's me, Heather Small again. And so it was that the Hannah Mama went to Daddy Cool's house by the lizards of Babylon. Sadly, she died on the way when one of her baby grenades went off in her mouth. Meanwhile... Say Daddy Cool, 
Shay. You can't say Shay with your tongue hanging out. Meanwhile, Shay Daddy Cool, fingers are hop- hotting up as Mary is firing dozens of boy childs out of her boo-boo with every single second. Doggy, Doggy, you're all of the voices in this scene now. <laughs> no, no, I am not. Someone else Steve, is going to have to take... Mary. And you, you be Boney M. Okay, okay. Can you give it a rest with these boy children, please? I can't help it. I'm sure you remember, even though it was only mentioned briefly, that we live in the evil undead world of Boney M. And I worry that such rapid-fire messianic life might show up on Boney's radar. You know what, Daddy Cool? If I could stop firing hundreds of holy boy childs out of me, if that was a choice that I had, I think I would. Well... Could you at least make some of them not the fucking son of God? You know what, Daddy? You're not being cool at all. <gasps> hey, kids, it's me, a bony M. I just need everyone to start wrapping things up, please. Actually, I'm glad you're here, Bony M, because Daddy Cool's being a right plum. As you know, I'm the embodiment of death and decay. Yes, 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 yes. But to maintain this miserable, worldly husk, I have had to funnel all my joy and sexuality into this day realm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. And that is why the M&Ms are so sexy. They are my rainbow vessels in the living realm that I might reign in darkness and filth. Oh, yes, now you say course, it. Yeah. Yeah, Only sense. now, thanks to the woke Stasi. The M&M's aren't sexy at all. They work in STEM. <laughs> and that means that my exuberance and sheer joyful bulk has nowhere to go. Boney M, you've, you've got lovely big buttocks. Are they new? It's happening everywhere. I'm just festooned with lovely layers of beef. That is me. <laughs> Sorry. Think, <coughs> think I'm coming down with a bit of a cough. And my throat's closing up with decades of gleeful meat coming back from the living world. I worry that I won't be able to speak soon. I'll tell you what. I'll recalibrate myself from producing Jesuses to churning out more bony M's. Yes, that's a common sense solution that we should all have thought of. Yeah. And so it was that Daddy Cool, Bony M and Mary out of the Bible departed for the living world to seek joy and to spread love. Bony M quickly lost the power of speech and became a beast of pure helpless joy. Mary slowed down her output to a more manageable pace, able just to replenish the lovely big meaty Bony M's that Daddy Cool lost through Mrs. Densha mishap and static energy explosions. (laughs) Daddy Cool's cough never did clear up. And he decided to change his name when he realised it wasn't actually cool to be cool. Today, he is known as Zim, Big Mambo number five, and the Bony M's are his big boys. (laughs) And that is the Genesis story of Zim and the big boys. Did you ever buy yourself a beanie? An alien name to please the queen You can fly 
be named beneath the wings. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you liked the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing per episode. And when you give us two pounds an episode, guess the freaking F what? You get your very own B name. That's right. We will sacrifice your human name at the altar of decency and give you your very own <laughs> Apieri Monica. Oh, Apieri Monica. That's a good B name. That's, I just didn't want to say that. <laughs> like, Boys, could you please give a B name to the following new patrons? Claire Jones. I'm Johnson for a B name. I got one. <laughs> Does that work? I'm jo- yeah, Johnson for a B name. Dot dot dot. I got one. Yeah, mark. and it's Felicity B Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> save it for the next B. <laughs> no, that's her B name. Because otherwise, <laughs> oh yeah, I got not- one. What is it? That's right, Felicity B Boy. It's not enough to have a self-reflexive B-name. Log must give a real B-name on top of it. I just want them to have something to go by. Yeah. You know, like the desert. Yeah, but in this case, you can go yeah, for like an altered... the one saying, I want something for them to go by. Yeah. <laughs> the man of the, 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 man of the upon essay a time length B-names. <laughs> well, they've got loads of words they can pick from. To use as their B name, haven't they? The more words I use, yeah, but the more choices they have. I'm not getting into this. I don't know why I'm considering this a rational <laughs> argument to have. <laughs> like this is fucking stupid. Please give a B name to Martin O'Neill. This isn't the B name, but Martin O'Neill's a very famous football manager, and I really hope it's the septuagenarian Irish football manager. That would. Be I think cool. it is. I think it is actually. So it should be called Bobby Charlton. Yeah, <laughs> BB Charlton. BB Charlton. Superb. What a tortured, boring way to get a B name. <laughs> uh, okay. Please give a B name to Chris Butler. Beeves. Ask Beeves. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! Yeah. That's superb. Ask Beeves. <laughs> what? Why is that so funny? <laughs> Please give a bee name to Kieran Winter. What's a winter sport that a bee could do? Bees on skis. <laughs> Bees on skis. Bees on skis. <laughs> it sounds like mise en scène. <laughs> the bees... <laughs> The bees on skis of this scene was absolutely beautiful. It is such environmental storytelling when I saw the bees on skis. <laughs> bees on skis. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, um, <laughs> boys, for those excellent bee names. If you'd like your own bee name, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out. You'll also gain access to the regular features beehive. That is our patron exclusive Discord channel where we chat, we hang mm. out, we share recipes. And we talk about our feelings and our hopes and our dreams. Can I... I know we have called him out before, but Ibrahim Shah on 
uh, Discord and the and now it's time qualifiers. Other now it's time. It's beyond the qualifiers now for Steve's regular feature intros. Ibrahim made a full soundboard of every available Steve intro, and we are, I believe, as this goes out, I think we'll be in the one-on-one knockout round stage. Mm, (laughs) We have 64 (laughs) intros that have been voted for by the Discord of Steve's regular feature intros. Um, Amazing. And honestly, some of this is... I don't know why some of the people on our Discord don't just do the podcast because they're much funnier than us. Like, Ibrahim's <laughs> mixed them into two conferences of four different divisions each. So there's the Grimblemus Conference, made up of the Mother, Father, Sister, and Krangle divisions, and the Helmer Conference, made of the Strasbourg, Thorium, Turbine, and Horse divisions. And they're at war right now. You can go into our Discord if you are a Patreon and vote for your favourite Steve intros of all time. And at some point, very soon, we will have an all-time greatest Steve's regular feature intro, which I cannot wait for. Which we will be playing at the beginning of episode 500 or so when we think we'll be doing a live show. (laughs) Let's go to bed. Okay. Ah, bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,